Well, welcome to LifePoint today. Thanks for sharing part of your morning with us. If you're here for the first time, thanks for being here and checking out our church. We'd love to meet you after the service. Just come down front and say hello and let us know a little bit about what brought you here today. Well, we're starting a brand new series about the Christmas season, looking at the Christmas story in the New Testament book of Luke, and we're going to make some observations about uh, what God would have us learn all leading up to our big Christmas Eve service. So please uh, make plans now to attend that. You can get some invite cards out in the lobby and give to your friends and bring them and be part of a really big special night uh, here on December the 24th. Well, this series is called Fear Not. And I noticed that over the last several years, I've, I've shared some of my fears with the church. And if you've been here for a while, you could probably name some of them. I won't ask you to do that. But But one of those fears is this idea that germs can harm me, you know, like I use hand sanitizer a lot and my family gives me a really hard time about that. They kind of laugh about it. And so we were on this 14 day vacation and I said, all right, I'm not going to use hand sanitizer the entire time. I'm going to conquer my fears. I'm going to pump gas and I'm going to grab hold of a hamburger and take a bite. (laughs) Not going to let it bother me. And I did it. I made it 14 days. No hand sanitizer. I do believe that's, that's due, right? I'm doing much better. I'm doing a lot better. Uh, some of our fears are rational, like fear of germs. That's a very rational fear because they can harm you, right? But some of our fears are irrational. Makes no sense. Like this guy on the screen. Take a look at this guy. He, he's a tough guy. I mean, you got a tattoo on your face. You got some street cred, right? I mean, you, you, uh, if you got a tat on, on your face, you're scary. I mean, that guy looks scary. He intimidates me just looking at him. But on this show, the animal planet has called My Strange Animal Fear, this guy was trying to conquer a fear that he had of a certain animal, an animal called a puppy. You look this up, it's true. This guy is scared of puppies. And and the whole episode just dealt with this guy trying trying to deal with finally picking up a puppy. And he likes crying like a baby picking up this puppy. And I'm thinking like, what happened to this man that got him to be so fearful of puppies? I mean, a lion? Yeah, I could get that. I'd be scared. I'd be scared of a lion or tiger or or polar bear. They they eat humans, so I would be afraid of them, but a puppy. That's an irrational fear. And we all deal with fears. Some are rational, some are irrational. But the bottom line is, that which is unknown causes fear. Whatever he thinks that puppy might do to him, he's not sure, so he's afraid. And anything in your life that you're afraid of, whether it's real or imagined, is because something is unknown. We get afraid of losing control, fear of failure, fear of rejection, All of that has to do with the unknown. Think about it. If you knew the future, if you could predict the outcome, what would you do? If you knew for sure what the future was, would you take that big step and conquer your fear? Would you start the business? Would you quit your job? Would you get into that relationship? Would you get out of that bad relationship if you knew and could predict the future? See, most of our fears revolve around a desire to know the future and what's coming and a desire to control it. So I want to challenge you today as as we think about our fears to think about this. The less I try to control the future, the less I will fear. Now that goes against our nature from what we're taught as little kids. Like we're taught control your future, take charge of the future, 
you hold your own future in your hands. And to some extent, that's true. The choices you make now will determine what the future is like for you. In that sense, yes, we should make good choices now so the future will be better for us. But there's a lot we don't know. You could hit the lottery or you could get hit by a bus. One of those two things could happen. And you don't know which one it is. A lot of people ask me, Donnie, how do I know God's will for my life? What they're asking me is, how do I know the future? How can you give me information, maybe from the Bible, that's going to help me reasonably predict what's going to happen in the future of my life? That's what I want to know. A lot of people deal with fear because they don't know what's coming in the future. And here's what we have to understand. When it comes to the future, even though this may feel unnatural to say this, the outcome is not my responsibility. It's not. In the Bible, it's clear that people who listened to God understood that the outcome was not their responsibility. If you read the Old Testament, it's not long before you start reading about a guy named Abraham. Abraham was just a regular guy living with his family. God tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, I want you to lead my people. I want you to become the father of many nations. You're going to have many descendants. You're going to help lead all of my people, and I need you to go. He didn't say where. He didn't say how far. He just said go. Abraham picked up, and he left. When Jesus came on the scene and started calling people to follow him, he would go up to people and say, come and follow me. And you can read in the New Testament many accounts of People saying, okay, and they left everything behind. They left their jobs, their careers, their posts, and they went and followed Jesus, not having any clue about the future. All they knew was what was right in front of them. Jesus was calling them, and so they followed, and they understood the outcome was not their responsibility. So today we're starting this series looking at the birth of Christ And in three different episodes in the life of Mary, in the life of Joseph, in the life of the shepherds, when they got the news about Jesus coming on the scene, the first thing that God told them through angels was this, don't be afraid, fear not. The first thing, when when they appeared to each of these three, they said, don't be afraid. So we're going to pick up the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 1, there's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one of those. You can keep it. You can borrow it. You can also read along on the screen. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth uh, was Mary's cousin. She was an older lady. She was getting ready to have a baby. Uh, And so it, it mentions that in the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Now, listen to, this is the scene. A 14 to 16-year-old girl would have been considered an adult. Not so today. But then, considered an adult. And they were ready to get married at that phase. And so here's Mary, 14 to 16 years old, planning a wedding. She's doing all the things that a girl would do when she starts to plan a wedding. You know, talking to her friends, picking out just the right dress, making sure she's got the place and everything's just right. And this angel Gabriel shows up. There's only two angels mentioned by name in the Bible. One is Michael and the other one is this one, Gabriel. 
And he shows up to this young teenaged girl whose life is really busy planning a wedding. No wonder this disturbed her. If you've ever been around a girl planning a wedding, there's a lot going on. It doesn't take a lot to set them off, right? It doesn't take a lot to disturb them. And so this angel shows up and she's disturbed and confused. Now, an angel is a warrior of heaven. I mean, don't picture like fat little babies with harps, you know, floating around Mary telling her stuff. That's not what it was. This was like a scary thing. A lot of times when angels showed up, people just fell down and died. They were so afraid and it was such an awesome sight. So Gabriel appears to say, look, you need to know, I'm getting ready to give you some news. You're favored. God is with you. And she says, well, what, what, is, what is this? I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. What, am I going to die? What, what if this news means Joseph's going to leave me? What if my parents are going to kick me out? I don't understand. I mean, what, why are you here talking to me? What if this doesn't go well? Those two words will cause you to live a life of fear. What if? What if? What if? And if you live your life just looking into the future saying, what if, you're probably confused and fearful. And you know what, what if is just worry. When I say what if, what if this happens, what if that happens? It's just worry. It's not really the opposite of faith. It's putting faith in the wrong things. Well, what if I get sick? What if he leaves me? What if she says no? Well, what if this happens? What if, that, what if, what if the economy tanks? What if I lose my job? What if the business fails? It's looking into the future and thinking, what's the worst thing that could happen now? That's what I'm going to think about. That's what I'm going to trust in. That's what I'm going to allow to dictate how I think and how I act. Mary, no doubt, had those kinds of thoughts running through her head. What is this all about? What if I've done something wrong? What if it's my time to die? What, what if... What if, what if, what if? And the, the angel realizes that. And so the next words he says are the same words that we would hear. Don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. If we could just hear that and believe it, life would change. If you could just hear those words from God, don't be afraid. It could change your life. It could change your future. If we could just internalize that God wants us to hear the words, don't be afraid. And what he's saying is don't be afraid of the future. So not only is Mary worrying about, well, what does this mean? She's no doubt thinking, I, okay, I don't need this right now. I got a lot of other stuff going on. I, I, things are really busy. This is the worst time this could happen. Anybody ever say that? Oh my gosh, we don't need this right now. This is the worst time we could get this news. And so that's what Mary is no doubt thinking. And then the angel kicks it up a notch. Says, don't be afraid. And then he gives her like this bombshell of news. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. That's a legitimate question. How could this happen? I mean, I, 
this is turning my world upside down and you're giving me information that I don't understand because in her culture, getting pregnant before marriage most of the time meant you got stoned to death. At best, you were marked for life, kicked out of your house and your life forever altered in a negative way. And on top of that, she's got to be totally confused because she's saying, okay, I know what makes babies and I know what I haven't done yet. And so how can this happen? I don't get it. I need more information. I'm really confused. Essentially what's happening, God shows up in her life and interrupts her plans. She had plans to go one direction and God shows up and says, I've got other plans for your life. It wasn't her plan. It was God's plan. And through looking at her, we can learn how to handle interruptions when they come into our lives. Because you probably figured out, life doesn't always go the way we plan. Sometimes things come at us we don't even know about. Maybe even today, something will come at you, you have no idea. And what we have to understand is that God's purposes are greater than our plans. His purpose for your life is greater than any plan you could come up with. No matter how articulate you can communicate it, no matter how well it's written down, no matter how much you've trained for it, God's purposes are greater than that plan. Because interruptions often are invitations to join God in his work. It can be God saying, hey, I I need your attention. See, we might think a job loss or a relationship ending or something else happening in our life, even an illness, we might think, what an interruption. How, how bad is this messed up my life? But it's really God saying, hey, I'm inviting you in. I want you to come in and be, be a part of what I'm doing. I have something that I want you to do. And when I think back, I remember the plans I had for my life. I mean, think back 20 years in your life and the plans that you had. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny to think about that and to think about what you knew you were supposed to do and who you knew you were supposed to be with and how you knew it was supposed to all play out. And I know in my life, if I had not allowed God to interrupt me and reluctantly say, okay, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't be living the life I'm living. I wouldn't be getting to do what I absolutely love every morning because I listened to his plans that were way better than the plans I had. And I had them written down. I'd set goals. I'd taken a class on how to plan your future. I was was ready. And I had my goals and my points and my my benchmarks and how I was going to get there. And all that's okay, but you got to make sure that you make room for a divine interruption to come into your life. That happened over and over and over again in Scripture. So how do I recognize an interruption? How do I do that? I mean, angels don't talk to people much today. I don't know anybody that's happened to. None, one has never come and appeared to me and said, this is what I want you to do. And, and if they do, I will let you know. You will be... After my wife, you'll be the second person to know if an angel comes and talks to me. So maybe for you, it's when you feel this, you know, how's it happening today? How are we getting interrupted today? Maybe it's a stirring that's inside of you that every time you're here, 
It's, it's a challenge from a message. It's, it's words from a song. It's something that stirs inside of you that you know you need to take a step. You don't know what the future is going to look like, and, and, and you know that's something different than what you're doing, but you know. And something keeps drawing you back here. It's God saying, hey, I'm inviting you in on this journey. I'm inviting you to come and be a part of this with me. Just listen to his interruptions. Maybe for you, it's every time we mention a mission trip, you're like, oh, I really want to do that. I really want, but, but there's all these reasons I can't. Maybe it's God stirring because on that trip, he's going to change your life. Something's going to be different. You're going to be radically different when you return. Maybe that's what it is. Stop ignoring that. And every time you hear us talk about people taking their big step of faith and following Christ in baptism, you may be the person thinking, okay, I need to do that. But I don't want to get up there in front of everybody. But my hair looks awful when it's wet. I can't do that. I mean, all the reasons you could think of, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because you're trying to predict the future. And when God is interrupting us, we have to resist the urge to try to know everything that's coming in the future. We have staff members, pastors here on our staff that because they were open to God interrupting them, their life changed. Three people, Rob Perry's one of them, our our site pastor here. He had a 17-year career doing something else and I called him up one day and said, hey, I'm getting ready to mess up your life. I got this idea. Would you come and help me do this church thing? He was already part of our church and he did it. I mean, I had no idea. He actually did it and was open to that interruption. But if he had said, well, how's this going to work out? I mean, my answer would have been, I don't have a clue. I just think you should do it. I need your help. And he did it. And he took that step. Maybe for you, every time we talk about jumping on a service team, you think, you know, I really need to get more involved with this community called LifePoint Church. I really need to build some relationships and really contribute and make it happen. And every time we say, hey, we want you to serve, you're thinking, oh man, they need people in the kids area. I don't even like kids. I've seen people lead a small group of kids reluctantly and saying, I don't know if I should do this. I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. I'm not sure if this is me. But then over time, watch them look at that hour a week that they serve little kids as the highlight of their week. All because they were open to interruptions and say things to me like, I learned more from those little kids than I, would ha- than I could on my own. And you might think, how, how is this next step, whatever it is, whatever you really feel a stirring for, how is it possible? When you think that, you start to think, well, what if? Well, what if I take this step and nothing works? What if I take this big risk and it all falls apart? When you say what if, it means you're trying to see the future. It means you're trying to figure out what's the future. I mean, Mary had a legitimate question. How can this be? See, virgins don't have babies. That's not how it works. So I can understand why she would ask that question. How can this be? It's impossible. It is if you stop reading the story there. Listen to the next thing the angel says. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy 
and he will be called Son of God. And down in verse 37, it says, for nothing is impossible with God. Some translations say, for the word of the Lord is true. What nothing is impossible with God means, when God says it, it happens. If God says something, it happens. I mean, if I were in Mary's shoes, which would not be possible, but if I were in Mary's shoes, I would have said, okay, is it possible, Gabe, buddy, that you, that you got the wrong address? You just think maybe you meant to go on down the street. This is a hard interruption the angel's delivering to her. But he assures her, for nothing is impossible with God. When you wonder, well, what's going to happen? Nothing is impossible with God. No doubt it's scary for her. No doubt it's going to be very difficult for her. And we know that because we have most of the story written down for us. But it's often that way when we choose to follow God into the unknown. It's not a promise that things will be easy. It's not a promise that everything's just going to be handed to us. In fact, it's more often an assurance that things will be difficult but it's going to be the future that God has for us. I had these friends that were preparing themselves to enter full-time ministry, and all of a sudden, they got this unmistakable stirring in their hearts that they needed to move to Africa. There's a lot of people who want to move to Africa, but they go and live in what we would call impoverished conditions, all so they can educate and empower people with the gospel of Christ. And I've, as I've watched them stay committed to that call over the last 20 years, I've seen them go through sickness. I've seen them go through great need. But I also see two people now with a family that are convinced this is the direction God had for their life. Now, they ask the question, well, what if? Well, what if our kids get sick and we're in Africa? Well, what if one of us gets sick? Well, what if, what, if we, what if somebody harms us? Had they started asking those questions about the future, they would not be living the life that God had called them to live. So the big question to ask ourselves is this. Have I been resisting God because of the unknown? Have I been resisting God because I don't know what the outcome is going to be? I mean, do you really want to know the future? Seriously, I mean, we think we do. If I could see my life now as a young man, I would be scared. I would probably go a different direction. I would think, oh, no, 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 no. That ain't happening. I don't think so. I got bigger plans. So do you really want to know the future? What we're really looking for is comfort and assurance and not having to live afraid. And God clearly gives us a way to do that. The last thing that Mary says in this episode, in, in response to her fears, in response to this interruption is this, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So Mary understood something that will help all of us deal with the big what ifs in life. Because she no doubt had them. Would Joseph leave her? Would the town stone her? Would her life be more difficult from here on out? Would it be hard? Would it be easy? Would it happen like she wanted? She didn't know, but here's what she knew. She knew that outcome is God's responsibility and obedience is my responsibility. If we can just 
let that switch flip in our minds and think, okay, the outcome of all this is God's responsibility. What God is asking me to do is just obey. Just listen to what he's telling me. Just listen to that stirring. Just take that step and obey. And whatever happens next is his responsibility, not mine. I mean, this idea is carried throughout Scripture. In the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul was planting churches and first starting to spread the message of Christ throughout that part of the world, this is what he said to one of those churches. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. God is the one who makes things grow. God is the one in charge of the future. When I just think about our church, and and oftentimes people talk to me with the expectation that I know everything that's going to happen. I don't. But there's some things I really do know that we're supposed to do as a church. I know we're supposed to be a church that has multiple locations. There's no question in my mind about that. I know that's supposed to happen because I know every time there's a new location, people who don't know Jesus come to know him. It happens every time. I can look at the past and see that. So I know that's what we're supposed to do. What does that look like five years from now? I'll be glad to tell you my plan, but really, I don't know. I could sound really smart and tell you the plan, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what twists and turns are coming. So what about you? What are the things that are going on in your life that you've just got that nagging feeling, that, that thing that you feel like, I, I, if, I, if, I was, if I knew the future, I would do this. I would take this chance. I would take this step. Don't fear what God is asking you to do. Just do it. Allow yourself to be interrupted. For some of you, that's taking that first step and obeying Christ and and becoming one of his children, one of his followers. For many of you, that's fear has held you back of becoming one of those people. Don't fear anymore. Step across the line Come into the family of God and watch what God does with your life. And I'm sure in a room this size, there's there are people that you feel like, man, if you didn't read my emails, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Because you've been looking at the future thinking, I'm not going to take this step because I don't know how it's going to turn out. Allow God to interrupt you. Allow yourself to just be like Mary and say, May what you want for my life, God, happen and be true.